podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it's Prop O here. The first chance to get tickets to see Northwestern versus Nebraska at the Aviva Stadium on Saturday the 27th of August next year is through their pre-sale. That is live from today. You can find an exclusive pre-sale code and ticket link on all our social channels at the NC Show. It ends on midnight, Monday the 22nd of November, so get your tickets now and join the NC Show road trip to Ireland. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show, Edge Rush. Propo, a.k.a. Ollie the producer, a.k.a. the Unders King of Plumpton. I'll be practicing that all. No, it's good. That's actually probably the first time you've ever got it right. So I'm actually proud fair, of you. Fair and correct. Fair it's good to know correct. that you get some things right. Hey, well, look, I, I, <laughs> I take that as a sign. It is important to what is going to happen this week. The comeback kid, I think you can call me. Propo. I am, if you've got a nickname, I want a nickname and I'm going to earn that because I went, I have gone, I should say, from five and two and level pegging with you in the Drew Locks of the week uh, to a rather worrying five and five. Yeah, we've uh, gone to so 500. I'm on a tilt. I'm at 500, just about ahead above water. You, on the other hand, the New England Patriots of picking uh, are on our absolute tear right now. So eight and you're eight and two. I'm now eight and two with my Drew Locks of the Week. With the Drew Locks of the Week. To be uh, fair, we've got to apply context in these things. Yeah. There was no way that that Broncos-Eagles under should have come off. Those two teams were actually both flying on offense. There were some yeah. weird things that happened in the final sort of 15 minutes of that game. In the fourth Jammy quarter. Jamster, I think is what it was. It was Jammy. It was Jammy. I'd actually conceded defeat in the first half because I think there was already 30 points in the first half. Yeah. There was only 13 in the second. So sometimes you have to, you have to take the... Good with the bad, and I certainly got lucky last week. You bloody well did, but <laughs> it works. It works uh, both ways, my friend. Both ways. Uh, I so I'm in danger, uh, listeners, of a losing uh, all self respect, <laughs> but also uh, most importantly, if I have another loss in the true lock of the week, I don't, I'm not sure there's any way back out of that hole. Uh, which means I will go down to propo this early on in the season. So I'm refused to. Refuse to do that. So I'm confident. <laughs> confident. I'm, I'm confident. I'm confident. Oh, yeah. Realistically, since we started doing this podcast, you've definitely been in the green. This is just, everyone has a bad runner form. Even yeah, exactly. Tom Brady's had a bad runner form in his Quite career. Quite right. Quite right. Yeah. And I like to think of myself when it comes to picks as the <laughs> Tom Brady. So uh, just a quick recap on how we did last week. Uh, great week for your prop bets again. One landed though, right? Yeah, so one landed and also, come mm. on, like 43 points Dallas Cowboys scored and Dak Prescott only threw two touchdown passes. The rest were rushing touchdowns for Ezekiel Elliott. One of them, I would argue, was a pass, but yeah, we won't go into that. I don't uh, sound yeah. too bitter. Uh, but what we did have is I, I told everyone that the Detroit Lions were going to keep it close against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You did? I think, and they managed to do that, obviously. I told everyone to take the Dallas total the you actually the over the overall over. over yeah the overall over didn't actually come on uh, come which off. is what you said as well you said that would yeah. be a, a, a risk to to take that so the safer play was the Cowboys total so I exactly to so that actually so finally it's good sometimes you know like a what is it a broken clock yeah, <laughs> it's right twice, twice a day twice yeah a day. exactly <laughs> um, and then the Saints I said would cover against Tennessee Titans that one was very very close but I don't mm. think it needed to be but yeah they just about did that so realistically it wasn't too unsuccessful but at the same time I think I, I quite like the slate this week now what do you think 
I no, I find it quite hard to be honest. Certainly, the acker of the week, and we won't even go. <laughs> are you in? Are you in your head a little bit? Would you? Do you think? Maybe I am. You know, maybe it's like we always talk about in five aside. And I was talking to my boys about this the other day, uh, who, uh, uh, who, uh, as I think I've mentioned on the show, both keepers as well, uh, family of keepers. How you will know this all from your time both between the sticks and now it's a prolific striker. <laughs> that, <laughs> I'm actually going back to centre back now. Have you got? Have you been back to centre back? Yeah. You, you, absolutely this happens i find when you're when, I, when i'm playing five six aside is that a couple of big saves early on let's go i'm on a roll uh, let one in i should have saved early on then yeah my head starts to spinning and so at the moment yes i think i think i am inside my head a little bit i think i am tentative but at the same time propo i am i'm confident in my own in my own conviction to dig myself out of it. So I, I'm happy with my Drew Lock of the week. The Acker of the week, I'm pretty comfortable with as well. Now, we must mention that newly minted Propos Veto, right? So he didn't choose to use the Veto last week. This listeners, if you didn't, didn't hear Edge Rush last week, my Acker of the week hasn't been in great Nick either. Although, again, we had a strong start to the season. So I'm playing the long game there. Uh, and Ollie's loving this, but he's not getting the crown back until I get one <laughs> right. And so he's reveling in uh, my misfortune there. Uh, but I said, well, if you're so smart, Propo, then you can have a veto. So he's allowed to take one of my picks if he's not buying it mm. and flip it for one of his. And then you guys at home can decide, do you want my Acker of the Week or Propo's Acker of the Week based on the arguments we put forward? So that's all to come. We'll have more prop bets as well. Uh, our Drew Locks, the comeback kid, Drew Locks. Uh, and three games with pickets. Let's get down to business. Start with the Bears-Ravens. Oh, the Bears-Ravens is where we're going first. Uh, what is the line, first of all? So this one's really interesting, realistically. Um, obviously, mm. Baltimore Ravens. I think, first of all, I just want to say, I think this is quite unfair on the Chicago Bears. Like, realistically, what is the benefit of having a bye week when you're going up against a team <laughs> that is last played on Thursday night football. So effectively, you're not really gaining that much advantage there as any other team has. So I think that's slightly unfair, but the line did open up as Baltimore being six and a half point favourites despite being the away team. But mm. money has come in on Chicago and now we're seeing it as Baltimore laying five points and the over-under is at 45. So there's not a huge amount of, of overreaction to the, to the Dolphins' defeat then? Not from the market's perspective, but it seems like the public realistically are very much backing Chicago in this one. And you can understand why Justin Fields is coming off his best performance when they played Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football a couple of weeks back. If it wasn't for a couple of dodgy refereeing decisions, I think they certainly would have won that game. And they're starting Mm. to look much better. A a slightly concerning injury report came out yesterday. The Wednesday injury report was that I think everyone was expecting... Hicks and Khalil Mack to be back for this game, but it's actually they both missed practice yesterday, which isn't Mm -hmm. a good sign. Also, Alan Robinson missed practice yesterday. And despite the fact that they haven't really been utilising him as much as people would certainly like to, especially fancy players, that's for sure. He is still obviously an elite wide receiver. That doesn't change overnight. So if he Mm -hmm. is missing, that will definitely have an impact. Yeah, interesting. Hicks, it's an ankle injury, right? So that is, I mean, he'd be a, a massive loss. Max balling again, right? He's the, I think their sack leader or either him or Quinn, is, you know, what their sack leader. Uh, although, of course, I guess one of the interesting things here is how they approach Jackson. You, you've got to keep things on an even keel right so the bears don't tend to blitz anyway right exactly yeah so i I guess they they won't deviate from that plan and and where are you on 
fields because you, you touched on that a moment ago and we know our friend ben isaac's friend of the show ben isaac's great college days out with him incidentally to go and check out in the vault it's a good one. uh it is a good one. he is all in propo on fields he's he is i've seen the future and he's justin fields like, he, based on what he's seen so far this is his guy franchise quarterback for, for the foreseeable future right are you buying that based on what you've seen it's been uh, uh, drinking a bit of the bears kool-aid there a little bit too much no i actually don't think he is and i think i was uh he actually had a go at me i think on live on our talk sport radio show because mm. he thought i was having a personal attack at justin fields which i don't think was fair i was just stating that the quarterback he had the lowest quarterback rating in the league i don't make the quarterback ratings but that's just what he had yeah. based on statistics and i was just asking whether that was a concern for him and then justin fields proceeded to have his best day yet against san francisco 49ers that mm. day so obviously he was very much drinking the best kool-aid that day but i think what i love about justin fields and it's interesting because i actually have followed him um for quite a long time because i'm a big fan of the elite 11 which is basically like a youtube series mm. where trent dilfer basically takes the best high school yeah. recruits quarterbacks yeah, yeah. And he basically looks at them in depth and then they have like they crown the best qb out of the elite 11 mm. and trevor lawrence has obviously been the number one recruit in this class since basically i think birth i think everyone <laughs> came he came, i think he was born with those As a toddler, he on his got head yeah and now, and realistically, ever since then, he's been destined to be an NFL quarterback. And that's where the focus was throughout the, the whole of the show. And then as the show kind of continues, as each episode sort of progresses, Justin Fields basically utilizes the fact that everyone is simply just talking about Trevor Lawrence as motivation to go out there and prove everyone wrong day in, day out. Mm. And they ended up, by the end of it, having the first ever sort of shared prize as the number one quarterback because Justin Fields was by far the like the best performing quarterback over the weeks but Trevor mm. Lawrence was still like very much the best recruit and I think we mm -hmm. saw at college at the beginning of his college career didn't necessarily go as well and then obviously in the final year that's when he really took a step up and was absolutely sensational for Ohio State despite having some rocky periods mm. and I think that's what we're going to see from Justin Fields I think we are going to see some rocky periods for him especially if Matt Nagy stays as coach for the Chicago Bears but what I think he is is he's he's the guy you know, he is the guy that you get behind. He is someone who everyone in the locker room will get behind him and they will back him and they will feel like he has their back. Mm. And I think that is such an important thing, especially when going to a franchise which notoriously has kind of been laughed at and has been a bit of a losing one, despite getting playoffs sort of year in, year out. Everyone's always kind of been laughing at the Bears and it feels like people are constantly just sort of seeing memes of Chicago Bears fans distraught on Twitter the whole time. It's and I think the quarterback position, right? Because he kind of lurched from Rex Grossman to Cutler. And exactly, haven't, yeah. Haven't, you know, haven't, sort of that i mean one of those teams that hasn't had a guy for a while right i mean hasn't had a proper franchise quarterback for a long time exactly so i think and what we've seen from fields it was a rough start don't get me wrong but i think what we've seen from him in recent weeks is he does those things where it looks like the play is completely broken down and he somehow keeps it going mm. if everything's going wrong around him he still has the capability to rush and get that first down to potentially even score a touchdown i mean against the 49ers a couple of weeks ago he scored an incredible touchdown with his legs mm. and i think 
those are the moments where there's going to be some periods, there's going to be some games where he struggles because he is a rookie and that is just a natural progression. But it's those moments that the Bears are getting, Bears fans are getting so excited about. And I think it's quite rightly so. I think he is a guy. I think he is decent with his arm. I think he's only going to get better. He's a really hard worker. So he is only going to improve year on year. He will always try and attack his weaknesses and try and fix them. And I think that's Mm. a great sign for the Chicago Bears going forward. Happy days there, long term for the Bears, but against the Ravens, you mentioned the line. Did you sorry? Did you mention the total in this as well? 46? 45. 45. Okay. So are you leaning one way or the other here? First on the total, you get having any of that? So the total I find interesting because I think one of the reasons why because the total opened up at 45 and a half and now it's at 45. Mm. And I think what's interesting is that these teams are notoriously um sort of associated with defensive football and Mm. kind of being defensively dominant teams. But Baltimore is allowing 24 points per game this season, while the Bears are actually surrendering 25 points per game this season. And I think that is key going into this. I think Khalil Mack's inclusion and Akeem Hicks's inclusion is going to be vital for this for the points. But I just think actually that Chicago are going to be able to run the ball on this Baltimore Ravens team. Mm. David Montgomery's back for them. And also we know now that Justin Fields has the capability to make big plays against a decent defense like he did against the Steelers. And also there's no way that Lamar Jackson is going to, I mean, I think that was the first time in like 53 games that the Ravens scored less than 14 points against the Miami Dolphins. And that was, let's be real, the Miami Dolphins Super Bowl. They clearly went all in on that game and basically completely found out the Ravens. And I don't see that with the capability of this Ravens coaching staff. I don't see that happening again. So I would actually be tempted to go over. Latavius Murray's back as well, right? They're expecting. They're yes, because that's why they've uh, released Le'Veon Bell this week. Le'Veon Bell's been released. Okay, so uh, that has been a you know a fundamental problem, obviously, for yeah. them in terms of how you know particularly this offense works. That game against the Dolphins, the Miami D was so on it. Uh, it was such a, a all round on point performance there. So I, I and we know that there is the capability in that defense and they've underperformed for much of the season, but their capability in that defense to be a, a top 10 defense. So a top 10 defense playing at that level. Yeah. This, this happens in football, right? That, that, uh, that, that stifles an otherwise effective offense. And I do think there is a fundamental difference between, between the two. I am leading to taking Baltimore, and the points here, you know, I, I think there is an interesting spot, despite the fact that it hasn't, the market hasn't adjusted too much for Miami. Maybe that tells you something, maybe that should give you confidence in that. Um, I'm not biting on Chicago. If I'm going to take anything here, it's Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah, I think I'm with you. And this is, I think, so recent trends that we can look at here is the Ravens are one and four against the spread in their last five games. Mm-hmm. Despite their six and three record, the Ravens have a point differential of just 14 this season, which is right. incredible when you think right. about that. But I think that's one of those, this is, could be one of those spots where the, that actually gets corrected. I don't think you're not going to see the Ravens going one and 10 against the spread in their last 11 games. Like that just doesn't really happen um, necessarily. That's why the spreads are kind of created there. So what I expect is the Baltimore Ravens to go out here and kind of have a step statement game and make sure that it doesn't happen again. They've had close games against bad teams already, like we saw against the Detroit Lions. And I think they need to announce themselves, especially after that Dolphins loss, as being still the team that everyone kind of expects them to be going into the season. And I think Lamar Jackson has just been incredible this year. And mm-hmm. I think that he will be incredible again. I think with the, these wide receivers, 
Marquise Brown has been brilliant this year so far. Again, we always talk about him, one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. And someone to keep an eye on, someone for you to definitely talk about in college days, I'm sure you have, is the rookie first round pick, Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. He has 18 receptions since recovering from that injury, 15 of which have gained a first down through his first four games. So that means they are trusting him early on to make those clutch plays. He is getting the first downs for these teams. And we finally, we've always asked, now you've always banged the drum quite quite rightly that Lamar Jackson needed weapons exactly. and they need to pe- put people around him. And I think he finally has that. And we're, we're sure Bateman... And Marquise Brown, I expect those guys to have big games because if they do bring pressure like the Dolphins did, they're going to have to throw deep to mm. kind of counteract that and to kind of push the Chicago Bears back. And I think that they will utilize Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman quite a lot in this game. Brown for a big game. I can feel that. All right. So we're pretty big on the Ravens gang. That's a decent start. I think we're both quite firm in our convictions there. Next up, let's go Vegas Cincinnati. This one's in Vegas, of course. Your Bengals propo off a bye week, off having their noses bloodied, their season. Both the these ba- teams' seasons in the balance. Yeah, well, they're, p- particularly the Raiders, right? They're both five and four. The Raiders. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I so said the Raiders is nowhere back. That's nonsense because the Charges are spluttering. In a way, there's more riding on this for the Bengals, isn't there? I think this is. Um, I think this will be a phenomenal game. Now, I mm. think this will be a really, really good game to watch. I think the late slate, I have to say, this week is brilliant, mm. and I can't wait to watch. I'm it. glad we're miss. doing the early slate on our radio show. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, whenever we get to go and have a beer and watch the, the late slate, but the True. early slate is also great. I mean, it's the NFL. I mean, there's nine games against in the early slate, so red zone is going to be entertaining no matter what. Yeah. But realistically, Cincinnati against the Raiders, both of these teams, their seasons kind of on the line at this point. They're both off the back of two really bad defeats the Bengals last two games they've lost to the Jets been blown out by the Browns the Raiders last two games they got blown out by the Chiefs and they lost to the Giants in quite embarrassing fashion so there's no real trends here to kind of pick up because basically these are two teams who had quite similar starts this season where they had like surprise they were like the surprise contenders the Bengals were number one seed for a bit the Raiders were number one seed in the air freewheeling aerial attacks is exactly yeah Yeah. everyone just getting overexcited about what these teams were doing Um, and then since then obviously the bubble has burst so to speak and it's just going to be interesting to see which of these teams can bounce back I think obviously the one thing that goes against the Raiders is the fact that what they've experienced over the past sort of month or so has been Mm. unprecedented and I just uh, it just depends how well this team can rally around that but the one thing that I expect in this game now is points Mm. I think there will be points Cincinnati have averaged 26 points per game this season so I reckon you'll be able to see them get their offense going I expect Jamal Chase to have a big game after a couple of quiet weeks and I think the Raiders defense has started to be found out a little bit I don't think there's any doubt that Max Crosby is probably one of the best defenders in the league but I just think that he has too much to do by himself this week. You've got Higgins, Chase, Boyd, Mixon and Burrow, the boys. They will have a big game in this one. And the Raiders on the other side of the ball, they have averaged 314 yard passing yards per game this season. And that's considering that they've kind of spluttered over the past couple of weeks. The Bengals, mm-hmm. the, the massive weakness for the Bengals is their passing defense. You've heard me go on about Eli Apple. He's been horrendous <laughs> all year. And I'm hoping that Vernon Hargreaves, who they picked up in free agency recently, is going to be able to come in, come in for him and improve this defense a little bit. But at the same time, like I still think that Derek Carr will have some success. Just going to give away a prop bet that's coming later. We all Ooh, know... Nice. 
the, the Bengals. One of the things I always say on this show, the Bengals can't stop tight ends. We still ha- struggle at linebacker, realistically. So I expect Darren Waller, after having a quiet week last week, I think he will have a big game. So I think the over 49 and a half is definitely, definitely the play here because I have gone back and forth on who's going to win this game mm. pretty much all week now. It is like it is a like a third rail to try and pick this. I mean, I, I'm with you on the shootout vibe for for fairly self evident reasons, right? Defensively, if you look at football outsiders, they're both in certainly the lower reaches in terms of defensive DVOA, uh, which is you know a, a pretty solid metric at this stage of, of proceedings. These teams both have a hugely acerbic aerial game right um i i think the bengals you could argue have ridden some bad luck in those defeats with with turnovers mm-hmm. depends on your perspective on turnovers right but uh if you're looking at a kind of turnover differential leveling out there's some drops as well right you were you know uncharacteristically and I, i'm with you on the emotional roller coaster that the raiders are on where i think at times and we saw that after the first game after the gruden exit I thought it would they'd have a similar similar response with rugs and actually in retrospect I think after rugs left and in retrospect outside of the the obvious diminished offense because rugs had gone I think it became apparent that and you know, think about Carr as well and how he was after rugs we talked about on the show and he's an emotional guy heart and a sleeve kind of guy anyway and inevitably this is just going to have have a bearing uh uh, and it isn't always a case of, well, we're going to rally together and it's going to galvanize us and the face of adversity. But I think these things can, over the course of a season, facilitate that kind of mindset. But it seems like they are tired. Our net as well, I think, was was, was contributing less <laughs> than it's fair to say than, than uh, either uh, Gruden or, or Ruggs to the team. But still, it's another first rounder that's gone quickly. And I'm still buying the Bengals. I mean, they are flawed. What would we call them? A speedboat out of control. And uh, but we know that a number of teams, most contending teams, have had a heavy shellacking. Right? I mean, the Browns did it to the Bengals, and then we saw what happened to the Browns. So let's not overreact to that either. I, God, I mean, I've been flip flopping on it, and I have flown the Raiders flag for a lot of this season. I'm starting to think that the wheels are coming off the Raiders. Yeah, so I, I think the bank, because what the line is, what a point it's one. It's a point. Yeah. I mean, I'd be very tempted to, with the Bengals minus one. No, when the week start, when the week started, when I saw that line initially, I was all over the Bengals. I thought, as you said, I do feel like the wheels are coming off this Raiders side a little bit. And it usually does with interim coaches. Um, they usually kind of like, I rejuvenated at the start and then it kind of starts to tell off at the end. And I think yeah. you can see that happening with the Raiders here. I think the key for the Cincinnati Bengals is, and I think I've seen a lot of people kind of writing about them and kind of writing them off after everyone was writing them in. It's just so, as you said, it's such a hot take reactionary league. But the key for the Bengals, as you quite rightly said, it was the key in the game against the Browns, is the 13 giveaways that they have had this season. They are tied for 10th most in the NFL, but... The person that starts with is Joe Burrow, who is tied mm. for the league lead in interceptions mm. with 11. And a, uh, yes, a couple of those you can blame on the wide receivers and a couple of those you can blame on the offensive line. But there has been quite a few errors by Joe Burrow throughout that, this season. That, and uh, is that going to come with... Is that, sorry to cut you off. Is that part of it, though, that Burrow's going to... Year two, sophomore year, with Chase, with Higgins, with the, the playbook they've got, that's just going to come with the territory, right? That he's going to have X amount of give or a number of those just on, 
on him for poor execution? I would put it down to a mixture of both. I think that's that's basically the point that we're making. I think actually going into the Browns game, the, the interceptions was still the narrative, basically. Yeah. It was still the narrative surrounding it because that's the only mark on Joe Burrow's card this season yeah. is the fact that he can't, he turns the ball over simply too much. And I think that he went into it kind of being like, I think if you watch those interceptions back, there's quite a few instances where I was pressured into doing them or whether the wide receiver's kind of mistake or it's just a great play by the defensive player. And I think after the Browns game, like the pick six changed that game completely. Mm. And it was a, as much as it was a great play by Denzel Ward. At the same time, I don't, I think that ball was slightly underthrown by Joe mm. Burrow. And ultimately that completely changed the tone of that game after the Bengals take the ball up on their first drive right into the red zone for the Browns. I think it was like the five yard line and then they turn it away and the Beng- and the Browns end up with seven points on the board instead of the Bengals. Like I think that... <laughs> yeah, that was a game that, yeah, pivotal moment. Also the big play hits from the Browns in that game, right? They had the that massive run, the 70 yard run, uh, yeah. 60 yard reception. And that is something, well, obviously without rugs, the, the opportunities for the latter are diminished with the, with the Raiders. Right. But D it's a it's quite a stout defense that got burned with some big plays, which I'm not certain the Raiders are going to be able to, replicate and certainly if we they'd play this in week three i'd have a different view on that but right now i just uh, yeah i just think that unfortunately the raiders are trending the wrong way now this is the nature of this season and the uh, the crazy game that we love that if this could this came out anything forward, could happen in this I mean, game and you wouldn't really, be that surprised it's really be wild to watch and i think it'll be a shooter so are you leading more the over then than you are leading the bengals or are you going to take a, a little a little bit of both uh, I'm definitely leaning on the over more. So I'd say mm-hmm. that I, if I was, I'm definitely would say that the over is my pick for this game, but then I'm definitely keen to say that I would pick, mm-hmm. if you had to say, if I had to say one, I would pick the Bengals. Okay. I, I ha- agree with you. I, I would go Bengals there. All right. Next up, uh, before we get to propose prop bets, I'll drew locks and uh, Acker of the week. Hey guys, it's Prop O here. The first chance to get tickets to see Northwestern versus Nebraska at the Aviva Stadium on Saturday the 27th of August next year is through their pre-sale. That is live from today. You can find an exclusive pre-sale code and ticket link on all our social channels at the NC Show. It ends on midnight, Monday the 22nd of November. So get your tickets now and join the NC Show road trip to Ireland. Arizona, Seattle. Let's go there. So Seattle off the back of... Oh, a vapid offensive performance held completely in check by the Green Bay defense. In your mind, though, how much of that was down to Green Bay's defense ball and how much of it was down to just a, oh, they're the office for, for the Seahawks? Realistically, is there any worse way to come back from an injury? An injury, realistically, which you've basically rushed yourself back for. Mm. A finger injury. Is there any way worse to come back than to go to like a really, really cold game in Lambeau? Oh. Can you imagine? Like, that is just, I know Russell Wilson is as hard as nails and he's one of the most entertaining people on social media because he's potentially the cheesiest quarterback to have ever existed. But at the yeah, same Russell time. Russell Wilson's cheesy. Oh, Russell Wilson is. So cheesy. Did you see his succession return video? No, but that sounds awesome. Did you not? It was, but it made no sense. It made no, it didn't really make any sense. Like why did he just put, he basically just did a montage of him working out and doing rehab. 
and then added the succession intro music to it. Like that doesn't, but what, what, what is the relevance there apart from the fact that people are watching succession right now? But isn't this, isn't this Russell Wilson's not cheesy, but Russell Wilson has got the wrong people around him and they're, talking him into doing really cheesy content. Yeah, maybe. But I think at the same time, like I think he would control it to a certain extent, you know? He might, it could be family members. It could be kind of old school mate entourage. Yeah, but Patrick Mahomes has the cheesiest family yeah. member ever yeah. seen in NFL history. <laughs> no, he and yet you cheesy. don't see him kind of acting in the same way. <laughs> he is cheesy. All right. I do like the idea of making a power uh, ranking list of cheesiest uh, NFL players ever. Um, so we should definitely look at that for a, for a future episode. We were talking of... Um, uh, on college days of Hollywood, Matt Leinert, oh, who you might remember, might be a little bit before you. No, time. I do remember because he had the incredible rivalry with Donovan McNabb, didn't he? Uh, didn't have a great rivalry with Donovan McNabb. No, no who he, am I? Vince Young. Of? Vince Young. Vince Young. Sorry, Vince Young, that, yeah. that's what we talked about on college days. Exactly. Uh, and was also famously filmed in a hot tub with, as Ben described it, probably not particularly diplomatically, a lot of college hotties. I think it was Ben, uh, ben described it. It's a very attractive college student, uh, Hollywood Matt. And, uh, did Henry, Ben say college hotties? Ben did say college hotties. <laughs> I, I paused. I feel I should have rebuked him. Uh, that I, is brilliant. I, I feel slightly disappointed in myself that I didn't pick him up on that. The, yeah, but Hollywood <laughs> Matt and his... Uh, and his and his hot tub pick and uh, his NFL career didn't quite go to plan. No. Uh, he'd be up there though. I think he's quite uh, Hollywood. Matt's quite a cheese meister as well. All right. So let's get down to, to the obvious question. First, the, who the hell's going to be playing quarterback for Arizona? I think is maybe the first thing because Murray, uh, not sure. Colt McCoy's his peck is. Uh, yeah, I think done. Murray's going to be okay. Is he? I don't know, because I think that realistically, if you're in the position that Arizona are in right now, when you've got, you're one week away from the bye. Yeah. You've got an eight and two record. You're pretty safe that you're going to get into the playoffs, especially with the state of the NFC right now. Mm. Cliff Kingsbury said that they will be careful with Kyler Murray's return. They are aware of the fact they only have a game left before the bye, which yes. brings more rest. And we saw what happened to Kyler last year when he was injured. It completely derailed their season. So, yeah. But yeah, as you're right, they could just be saying that to kind of keep the Seahawks on their toes. They could definitely the start Kyler Murray this maneuver. week. Um, if, if Murray and McCoy can't go, Ollie Thornton, Chris Strievler is going to get the nod. I mean, that Chris Strievler. Mm. Yeah, I, I, he'll, do, he'll do a job, won't he? Tell, me, t- tell our listeners about Chris Strievler. <laughs> Chris Strievler. Well, Chris Strievler, from what I know, is called Chris Strievler. Yes, he is. That yeah, is- and it, he's a quarterback in the NFL, and he's the third stringer for the Arizona Cardinals. And that, that is as much as I know about Chris Strievler. Strievler was, had some time in the CFL. Oh, Good. Uh, he was at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He, I th- yeah, he won the Grey Cup with them as well. So he's a winner. Chris Strieber is a winner. He's a guy. Uh, he is a guy. Yeah. So he's the number three on the depth chart. He's, I'm just looking at his numbers here. Oh, he's, oh, he came in last season. He came in for Kyler last season and threw against the Rams in week 17, threw for 105 yards, one touchdown and one interception. How do we miss Chris Strieber, the Streve's first career touchdown or? Well, realistically, because what it was week 17. Yeah, exactly. Meaningless game for them that no one was paying any attention to. Fair. Exactly. Uh, nevertheless, the Streve could, the comeback could be on for the Streve as well as me this week because yeah. he could get the nod. So, that, uh, how much is this ambiguity on who's going to start 
affecting the line? So the line currently is Arizona are two and a half point favorites favorites in Seattle. The over-under is at 48. So do you um, think if Murray's announced that he'll definitely start, and of course the question is, well, when that will be, it could be close to game time, right? Will that change the line? Completely. I think that would completely change the line. Although the same, I think if it, I think if Murray's announced as the starter, I think it will move out to sort of four and a half, five. I think this line is kind of in, um, although I think we might see more movement if it's announced that he's not going to play. Cause I think people are kind of expecting Kyler Murray to play. People are expecting him more to play than I think they should be. Mm. I don't actually have that much faith that he will just because of the fact they're going into the bye week next week. What about D-Hop? D-Hop is also looking quite doubtful. He didn't mm. practice yesterday either. So that is concerning for the Arizona Cardinals. But I think for me, anyway, Nat, all of that is kind of, um, I kind of approach this game without that in mind because I'm just going purely from the Seattle Seahawks perspective. Mm. I'm going purely on the fact that I'm trusting Russell Wilson and I'm trusting Pete Carroll to get this done. This is a fa- They basically have a Super Bowl game for the rest of the season for the Seattle Seahawks. And it starts yeah. right here. Their season is over if they don't win this game. And historically in these situations, if you're not backing what Russell Wilson can do and what yeah. Pete Carroll can do, then I think you're naive because yeah. they are, have been an elite combination for a long period of time. I mean, Russell Wilson has never lost three games in a row as a starter. Yeah. How incredible is that? That is absolutely sensational. And they were embarrassed last week. That was the fourth lowest QB, QB rating that Russell Wilson has posted in his career. That is not going to happen again. And it's not mm. like he doesn't have anyone to throw to. He has DK Metcalf. He has Ty Lockett. He was throwing to them last week, but it just wasn't coming off. They, they, they were just completely under par. And I don't think that you can judge the Seahawks team on a game where they were so blatantly just not on the ball that night. And that is, you can't overreact to that. And I think if anything, I would like to take them even more as a result of that, because if there's anyone who I think can bounce back, it's the cheesy Russell Wilson. I, <laughs> yes, indeed. I couldn't agree more with you. I absolutely love Seattle in this spot to the point where they were very close to being my Drew Lock of the Week. Really? Now, you're delighted to know that uh, if you're going to take some action on Seattle, I'll, that, that I'm not going for them as my Drew Lock of the Week. But I, but I, <laughs> well, you said that would put me off. <laughs> exactly. I, I love it. I think uh, for all the reasons you said, there's also injuries on, there certainly were last time out for the cards. It, with the offensive line, I think there are a number of key players there as well. Questionable two D hop, as you say, is really not looking good. I would be really surprised if they, if, if they started Murray, I, I take your point that the playoffs barring a disaster are pretty comfortable for the cards, but nevertheless, I think given the way their season started anyway, and for a long period of time, I think they've got loftier ambitions. So I wonder whether they'll think, well, Let's risk him because we've got the bye week and try and make uh, continue that play for, for the number one seed. So I think you could look at that in two ways. And it is interesting. The reports are entirely conflicting, right? Which I guess is how, how Kingsbury wants it as well. But even with him, and even if that jumps mm-hmm. it up to four and a half, uh, if that's where you think it will go, I, I like Seattle heavily here. You defined it perfectly. Carol and Wilson, too many times this kind of thing is written off that backs against the wall. This is absolutely last chance saloon for, for the Seahawks. The uh, defensive performance against the Packers should not be discounted. It's worth pointing out. And the, just a continual improvement of this defense as well. We know that there are 
questions about the Cardinals raised, not least by our friend Shane Vereen on, on a you know, few occasions now that he's been on the show and go and dig back into the vault to listen to those shows. If you, if you haven't heard his take on him, I like Seattle heavily here. I'm going big on him. I, go no, I completely agree with this. I don't really have any opinion on the total because I think that'll be completely dependent on who plays the quarterback. So I won't go near it. What is it? Out of interest? It's at 48. Mm. I think that's with the expectation that, um, Calamari will play again, uh, but amazingly, the Seattle Seahawks have only gone over in the totals once this season. So you can make the argument again that that will be corrected at some point, but I just still would go nowhere near it because of the amount of uncertainty surrounding this game. But I'm completely with you, Seattle Seahawks all the way here. As you know, I am someone who is probably in similar um, breath to Shane Vereen. I am not convinced by the Arizona Cardinals and I just don't understand why everyone's writing off a Seattle Seahawks team that still has Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on offense. Like they're not going to get shut out every week. That was an anomaly. Yeah. I The one player, Seattle player to to keep an eye on and, and again, and they suggest he's not going to play again is Carson, right? And I think that was, well, he's obviously a huge loss and that was a big problem for them against the pack, but I think they'll make more hay against the cards even without him on the ground right and so uh i yeah all, all the way on all the way on seattle there we go right let's get your prop bets of the week proper yes yeah, so the first one i've kind of already hinted at it it is darren waller over six and a half receptions mm. waller had his least productive game of the season in week 10 only four catches for 24 yards on seven targets against the chiefs and he actually to be completely honest with you hasn't had a great season by his high standards but this is the bengals and if there's one thing we know i've already mentioned it the bengals cannot stop tight ends and waller despite a recent slump is still one of the best at his position in the nfl and i expect Derek carr to be throwing it to the big guy a lot this game so over six and a half receptions for Darren Waller the next one comes with a heavy heart now because you know I love him I loved his reaction after they beat the Bucks last week he was so passionate about Not Heineke you know, pick on yeah. Heineke Taylor Haneke yeah I'm going against Taylor Haneke sadly oh, but did you see do you see his post-match um, interview after the Bucks win no I haven't he basically came out and he started crying and he basically was saying this is why I put all the work in this is why sleeping on my Sister's boyfriend's sofa has made it like all worth it for these moments when you go up against the best to ever Legend. do it and you manage to sling the ball like that. And it was yeah, just, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's just, he's impossible not to really, really like. Like, isn't he just what a player? I, I hope he gets a starting gig. I mean, I, I don't know. We, we talked a bit about this on the radio show, I think, didn't Why not give him the starting gig? I mean, Fitz, Fitz is great and Fitz could probably do another year and it wouldn't be that crazy expensive and prohibitive and maybe spell him a bit. But why not just move on, give it to Heineke, build pieces around him. There isn't a, I mean, what are their other options? Uh, looking at that draft, as Ben's been telling us for weeks on college days, it's it's a roll the dice kind of draft on quarterbacks, right? Particularly yeah, when the is. season is playing out. So not kind of clear cut, you know, Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence kind of guy coming through, even a bar, you know, Burrow kind of player coming through. I'm not sure what free agency is going to look like particularly, but what, I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty slim pickings year on year, right? In terms of quarter, I mean, maybe if the Watson thing plays out, that'll put two on the market. And, you know, I, I, I guess there are, you know, Ryan, as we've talked about, might be around, but why not just back Taylor Heineke and, and, and re-up elsewhere? I, I think I'd give him a shot, give him a season. No, I mean, I agree with you. I know a point that I want to hone in on is one of the reasons why I'm saying that I think he'll go under 221 and a half passing yards this week is because they haven't given any, any weapons whatsoever. Um, apart from Terry McLaurin, who is one of the top 
probably one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Aside from that, the person who's been throwing the ball to most is one of the running backs in JD McKissick. Yeah. And that's not right. sustainable realistically. Right. So I think he deserves more weapons. He deserves more backing. But at the same time, as much as I I adore him and I think he is an amazing character and I love his story, the inconsistency is the issue with Taylor Heineke. And I guess that is always the difference between a backup quarterback and say a superstar quarterback or a starting quarterback is that mm. can you trust him to do it week in, week out? And I yeah. think that last week was last week, the kind of performance he put in last week have slightly been too far Bet- like too few and far between for mm. Taylor Heineke sadly like I'm just I just keep getting flashbacks of that when I backed Washington <clears throat> against Green Bay with that spread and he fell over before he got to the, the, the end zone do you remember yeah, that yeah, and he was yeah, down yeah. They, they said he gave himself up like, the baddest the baddest beat you've ever had yeah and I was just I can't get that out of my mind as much as I love him and I think he's brilliant and I think he deserves to be he is he would be one of the best backup quarterbacks you can get in the NFL and I think that is still mm. a pretty impressive thing to be able to a do but gig, at the same yeah. time like I do think they probably have to look look elsewhere mm. if they want to push forward or or they take what a lot of people are saying the Cleveland Browns are going to do and what Cleveland Browns are going to do is basically build the team around the quarterback and then kind of put a relatively mediocre one in there, which people are saying that they're not going to give Baker the maximum mm. contract that he probably is mm. going to ask for and still kind of get like a James Winston type or case. I mean, would you pay Baker based on, would, I mean, it's, a, it's, I, I, I think I would. I, I, I'm not, yeah, I would. I'd give him the contract. Uh, but they, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to though, because they're obviously going to pay Garrett. They're obviously going to pay him. I think they probably already have paid Garrett and they've just paid both their guards. Mm. They're obviously going to pay Nick Chubb. So I think that Baker Mayfield seems like it doesn't look like there's much room left for Baker Mayfield. I think they'll say to him, we can offer you this amount of money, which will kind of be middle of the ground sort of quarterback level money. But I don't think they're going to, but if he rejects that, which he probably will do, I think they'll probably say, okay, we're we're kind of done with you. They could play the market quite cannily, right? Because that is only going to backfire if there is a team that is going to pay Baker crazy exactly. top dollar money right and i'm not sure there is. you know if you're for example uh the broncos right uh or you know the panthers i know cow might work out but let's let you know let's just role play for a minute are you gonna pay no you can look at baker and say i'm gonna pay you dac money you're not gonna do that no chance absolutely no chance do you think there's any chance that um he say he finishes the season really strongly and he has a strong next year. And then do you reckon he ever gets like a Kirk Cousins kind of deal? Maybe well, the yeah. Cousins, maybe the they Vikings might... move on from Kirk Cousins and they get Baker and get Mayfield. Baker Mayfield would be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> perfect with him. Let's franchise tag him for two or three years before we actually give him a crazy deal. All yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, where, were so, yeah. where were we? Yeah. So yeah, Taylor Heineke under 221 Heineke. and a half passing yards. Give me this line every day now. The Panthers are ranked now as the best passing defense in the league. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love him, he is not elite at cl- completing passes and I don't see him going over this line against such a strong defence. And I think he's coming off the most emotional win he's had in the NFL and I can't see him carrying that momentum onwards. I see him kind of dropping off a little bit. I see this game, again, hinting at a later pick for you. I see this game being a lot about the running ga- running backs. I see both teams running the ball a lot in this game. I see it being quite low scoring. Mm-hmm. And again, Taylor Heineke doesn't have enough people to throw to Nat for it to go over 221 and a half passing yards. Who's it? Terry McLaurin's not going to have 230 yards by himself. So mm-hmm. I realistically see this number going under. And then my last one, my last one, if this happens again now, I, like, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Here we go. 
Dak Prescott over, over two and a half passing touchdowns. <laughs> oh, Last week was a joke. It was just actually back joke. it all season long. Oh, it'll come yeah, out. Yeah, just keep come out going until it comes off. <laughs> Every Last week. week was a joke. 43 points and only two passing touchdowns. Dak better make me my money back this week, Matt. And I think he will. Surely this game against the Chiefs will be an absolute points fest. Oh. Both of these offences. It should. Yeah, are you leading that? I know, we haven't, I know we haven't got into it. It's not an official game we're doing, but which way are you leading on that? So interestingly, I when I, again, it was another one. So there was two I actually said to Harry, a person we've mentioned. I was playing golf with Harry on Tuesday. And yeah. um, I mentioned to him and I said that when I saw the lines, the two that I really liked was the Cowboys plus two and a half against the Chiefs. Because I mm-hmm. think people will be buying too high on the Chiefs mm-hmm. after what happened on Sunday Night Football. Because I thought the Raiders were just terrible. I thought the mm-hmm. Chiefs were great, but I didn't think, the, I thought the Raiders were worse and the Chiefs were good. And also the Bengals to beat the Raiders. Because again, I thought the Raiders were absolutely awful. And I think they're probably going to derail. But then every, all the research I've done that and all of the other people people I've been listening to. I kind of just gather loads of different sources, listen to loads of people's well, so different always opinions. working 23, yeah, exactly. 23 and a half hours always. a day. Well, just always consuming gross. NFL content because I love it. It's always. amazing. Um, but everyone else is on the Chiefs and the Raiders, amazingly. Mm. So I kind of felt like I was like, my sharp God. brain was just yeah. feeling a little bit insecure that all the other sharps that usually are kind of like, or kind of approaching this from a sharps perspective, they're all taking the Chiefs um, realistically and they're mm. all taking the Raiders. And I just don't know whether I'm... And that's why I'm kind of leaning towards the over and this being a points fest because, again, I just see this game similar to the Bengals and the Raiders. Anything could happen. Either side could be a blowout and I wouldn't be surprised Mm. or it could be a really tight game and either team could win by a field goal. You know, like I just see loads of points and anything could potentially happen. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, I have... I don't know where I'm falling on the... the Cowboys Chiefs game. I re- you know you you know I've been flying the Chiefs flag, saying nobody ever react, nobody ever react, and I love the fact I wrote about this uh, in my score column this week, writing about the Patriots. Of course, I wrote about the Patriots. Yeah, but I, you know, I made the point sure. that it's it makes me laugh that now everybody's piling on the Patriots. They're a Super Bowl contender, and they're not. They're not a Super Bowl contender. Well, I suppose they are a contender, but they're not. A, they have suddenly become one of the favorites for the Super Bowl. In the same way that the Chiefs have either just off the back of one getting back to typical Chiefs basics but equally all both of those uh, teams were written off vilified for much of this season as are oh, there you know it was what the, when the Pats fell to two and four or oh, this could be the beginning of the end for Belichick you know all this know. stuff was coming out and now suddenly this might be his greatest season yet you know, oh, know. people just piling overreaction central all right um, your Drew Lock of the week my friend which way are you going my Drew Lock of the week, I've already tipped my hat a little bit, is the under's King of Plumpton is sticking with the under. Oh, and I'm going for under 43 and a half in the Panthers-Washington football team game. It is a low number, but these are two defensive teams. I understand that um, Young and Sweaty, as the Around the NFL podcast called them, um, Jonathan mm. Sweat and Chase Young are both out for this game, but I still expect the Washington football team to contain this Panthers, uh, this Panthers offense. And this is the Ron Rivera revenge game. So he is going to have everything drawn up. And I think that what he's going to do is back his defense a little bit more so than his offense in this one. And I think their secondary, which has been much maligned throughout the season, mm. actually seemed to find its feet after the bye week coming off against the Bucks. And I actually thought I was quite impressed with the way that they played and the communication and their looks last week. I mean, I've been banging the Panthers defense drum all season. And this week, mm. I expect them to give Heineke and his minimal weapons serious problems after their big win last week against the Bucks. And on the other side, if Newton starts, which I kind of expect to happen, 
this Carolina team's only going to run the ball even more than they already do. You think it starts over PJ Walker? Yeah, I do think. Well, they'll do what they did last week, but I think you see, you'll see more Cam. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they'll probably split the snaps. They'll do similar to what they did last week, but I think you will st- see more Cam Newton. And regardless, I think they're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball consistently um, on this team, try and chew the clock, try and chew the game clock and try and dictate this game and the time of possession as we found out was so important from Mike Carlson, which is really interesting on the Tuesday review show. So I think there'll be lots of running throughout this game. Neither team really has the capability for big plays. Mm. So I, that's why I see this being a cagey, low scoring affair. So I think this game, no, I don't think this game now. I'm confident this game goes under 43 and a half. Confident. You have to be confident. Well, yeah, so I drew lock. Drew no, I, I think there's quite a few unders actually, which I, I was actually mm. kind of What else are we looking at? Yeah. The other ones I was looking at was the Bills Colts under 50. Mm-hmm. I think that number's too high. Realistically, I don't think the mm. Bills, I mean, yeah, okay, the Bills offense looked amazing against the New York Jets, but like realistically, me and you could look amazing against the New York Jets right now. <laughs> so I don't think that's necessarily too much to take off it. And the Bills is one of the Bills are one of the best defenses in the league. There's no mm. doubt about that. So I can't I don't expect Carson Wentz to kind of light them up. And then on the other side of the ball, you've got uh, Bill's offense, which I think is still finding its feet. So I don't see in any way that this is a shootout. And I'd be surprised if both teams scored 25 points or the Bills put up 30 or the Colts put up sort of 25 or so. And then the other one, which are just the, the Dolphins Jets. Mm. Like, uh, surely that game goes under realistically. Like Robert Salah's almost playing for a low total, point. isn't it? Yeah, it is a low total. I will get the exact one. 44 now. and a half, I think, is what I'm looking at. 44. Yeah, 44 yeah. and a half. That's not even that low. No, I mean, I in what world not- are both those teams scoring over 44 and a half points? Who's starting Although, for, who, 93% the of the cash is on the over. It's on the over. Mm. With Joe Flacco starting for the New York Flacco Jets. Flacco starting, isn't he? Yeah, of course. In what world... The Mike White experiment has done. An overplay for the mm. Sharps. But maybe they're putting... And to be fair, over 70% of the tickets... So 70% of the tickets is on the mm. over. Mm. And 93% of the, ca- uh, of the cash is on the over as well. That's interesting. That is interesting. But I mean, I was tempted to go under there because those two teams are not exactly... Brilliant on offense, let's be it, real. Uh, true that. Uh, but it was on my shortlist for a Drew Lock of the Week taking Miami. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that again, that number, that feels like yeah. a trap, don't you think? Uh, yeah, which is why it was on my shortlist, but not uh, not where I'm going. Here we go now. This is huge. This is huge. Okay. So I've done all my tips. This is, oh, I'm done for the rest of the podcast. I'm just going to sit here and listen and. Well, you might have the Acker of the Week veto proper. The Nat Coombs. I'm not going to veto it. I'm going to say that now because I am in awe. I'm going to sit here and admire the Nat Coombs comeback. It's going to happen right (laughs) here. comeback. Right now. I like this. I like the hype. I like the hype proper. I need to get back in the setup. Five and two, I thought, hey... You know, maybe I'm going to give up this broadcasting lark and become a professional <laughs> yeah, gambler. <laughs> now, now I'm not so, not so sure. So I got to get, I can't fall below 500. So I I think it is a good, the thing is as well, you being such a uh, seasoned degenerate, <laughs> yeah. you, uh, you, you go for you know, nuance things like unders all the time. And yeah, I think you've even, th- have you ever thrown a prop bet in as a lock? Of the no, week? I haven't thrown a prop bet, but I might do. You never know. Yeah, you, can, you see, you've got variation. I'm a bit more one dimensional, right? Oh, I tend to look at who's going to win or lose and, and, and this point spread. <laughs> so uh, bearing that in mind, I underdard a little bit. I had the Dolphins uh, for a while, but it's, you, you made a great point a moment ago, actually, whether you, uh, you just threw it away. 
uh, like a lot of the wisdom you throw out there, but Salah, I think, is is getting to that place now where yeah. I better start getting some performances from my team, the divisional rival, the great rivalry between those two. Uh, dangerous territory. And we, you know, let's not overreact over that aforementioned Dolphins performance against the Ravens, which was brilliant defensively for sure, but uh, it, too much of a risk. We've talked about how crazy the Cowboys-Chiefs game is to call uh i'm not going anywhere near the bucks after last week uh so at the charges as well who blew me up last week too i'm not i mean charges Steelers. talk about how the hell do you call, do you call that game seattle i was really close on yeah i was really close on on, on seattle uh and we we covered that earlier on but for the interests of entertainment and we've covered the seattle game i'm gonna i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw this out there i it's a team that is playing for their lives. It is a team that I'm hearing a lot about the matchup being bad for them, which is their ground game fundamental in their huge win last week is up against one of the best run defenses in the NFL. You know where I'm going, girl. Do you know where I'm Do going? I know where you're going, actually? Yeah, I think I know where you're going. I am going. Oliver Thornton, prop O, the unders king of Plumpton. I'm going for the 49ers, minus six against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have been reading all week about the 49ers. It's a great matchup for Jacksonville. I've seen people tip the Jags outright in this game as the upset w. weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at least one column I was reading, a Jags outright win. Because everyone is keying in on on. They only got it done. Well, the other argument I'm hearing as well is, well, that's just because Shanahan knows how to play McVay. That's what, you know. Mm. The 49ers, I think, are going to win this comfortably. Certainly a touchdown. The Jags are profligate with the ball, a messy across the board. Yes, their defense has been balling at times, certainly at the front. But I think the 49ers offensively have far too much for them. And I just don't see the consistency in the Jags as was evidenced again last week. Sure, Trevor Lawrence brought them back into it, but they were horrendous in the first half last week. Uh, Six, less than a touchdown. It's my Drew Lock of the week. San Francisco minus six. I mean, it's not... I thought you were going to go the Philadelphia Eagles for a second against the Saints. Um, which I would have hate. I would have disliked more. That's just because I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of Sean Payton as an underdog. But so yeah, basically, Mm. as you said, the 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 Jaguars are the sharps pick. It seems because the tickets are all, (laughs) (laughs) which I haven't. To be honest with you, now I haven't really even kind of considered this. A lot of money's come in though on because I think they open at minus seven, right? The 49ers. No, open at minus five. Oh, really? So the money, so that it's moved in the direction of san francisco that's interesting because i saw on the new york times site that they would lick well obviously it's a mistake by them but they were they were minus seven earlier in the week so that's why i thought at minus six. Oh, i tell you what might have happened to be fair i might have seen the line before monday night football oh right okay fine so and then after monday night football it moved because i figured the money was coming six. in yeah i was uh, uh yeah and, and and was we off to talk about the numbers critical right? yeah and that was that's what tipped me there over seattle i wanted to give a bit of variation distance as well because we we've gone big on seattle so to give something else to, to look at but the six the number play you've taught me that as a sharp propo that play the number and that's what i've done here i'm back. I mean, realistically I'm back. the jags suck <laughs> hot, 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 take. hot take yeah yeah like <laughs> they absolutely 
they suck. They really, really do suck. And the only win, like obviously the win they got against the Bills was completely relying on their defense, which was just, but that was just a Josh Allen bowl. I don't think I necessarily see that happening again here because I think actually the 49ers offensive line and their defensive line, we saw how good they were on Monday Night Football this week. I don't think you can put it down to just... Yeah, uh, we love... Yeah, Kittle has just changed his team immediately as well. Like he just looks, I think he'll go off in every single yeah. game for the rest of the season. He looks, yeah. did you see his um, his block on Von Miller, by the way? Oh boy, Kittle, Brilliant. I love that. Kittle, exactly. Huge, 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 huge game changer for them. Debo will be big enough for weeks on the show. Love Ayuk as well. I mean, I just think they've got so much that they will throw at the Jags who will not be able to handle that at all. And they're not, I just can't see him keeping up. They're too erratic to keep up. Uh, against his 49ers D. Uh, I and the 49ers were talking about motivation. They are still in it. They're still in it after that win. And I think they doubled down. Yeah, no, I, I like that. All I right, don't see good. the Jacksonville Jaguars being able to put up really many points on the San good, Francisco good, 49ers good. team. So I think that's where that comes into it. But yeah, good luck to you, my friend. Here we go. Thanks on the you. list. Right. I have scrolled out my, uh, my acre of the week in pencil here. Okay, let's start with the two more straightforward ones. Uh, the Titans over the Texans. Uh, what? <laughs> You're saying you think the Texans might upset the Titans? Shut up. No, I mean, Shut the only up. thing oh. that I'm thinking is that yeah. isn't this like, realistically, if I was, if the I could shut pick. my eyes and it's not money watch. money line pick. No, no, not the money line pick. I mean, the Titans will win this game, but I just, I just think that Tyrod Taylor is going to have a, a good game this week. Okay, okay. I can't believe you think... Uh, unbelievable. All right, the Bucks over the Giants. This is yeah, money yeah. I pick straight up, right? So we're not talking about the spread, not going near that. And then I, I've got to go with... I've got to go with my heart, my gut, and Seattle. For, no, for- I love it. No, 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 100%. 100%. Two, I'm more, two I'm to one, Propo. Two to one for the action. Yeah, no, I like it. I mean, obviously, you know I love the Seattle pick. So I'm, 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 all, I'm all in with you. I'm all in with you with that. The Titans, I just find funny just because it's just it just has that feel like uh, oh, God, Titans are like everyone's. Don't. Do you know what I mean? Like the Titans is everybody's like, you know when like it seems like so far this season with the NFL that – I'm with you. I'm with it's you. It's like every week you go into thinking, like this week we went into it thinking the Bucks are the Bucks are the best team in the NFL. Let's be yeah. real right now. That Saints loss was an anomaly. And then they lost to Washington. And you're yeah, like, okay, hey, now, now, now what do I think? And then everyone's like, do you know what? The LA Rams are the best team in the NFL. And then they kind of lose two back to back. And you're like, what, what is going on what? here? And then like the Arizona Cardinals, like even with Cole yeah. McCoy, they're the best team in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. they get schlacked by the Panthers. You know what I mean? Like it's just a weird, it's a weird year. It's a weird really, year. It really is. And I, but equally, I think you can, you can start to get too cute with that as well and think, right, what's the obvious upset here? Because there have been upsets and actually a lot is going to revert to type as well. The Colts were never going to consistently win with Colt. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the cards are never going to consistently win with Colt McCoy. I mean, it's just, it's, come on, come on. My God. All right. You got me No, I mean, there. the Texans have one of the worst rosters in the NFL. If they lose, if the Titans lose to them, yeah. it would be... I'm giving yeah. up. I'm, I'm I'm handing it back. You know what I'll do? It's a bit like when the Undertaker retired from WWE and he's left his hat in the ring. That yeah. I'm just gonna leave. I'm gonna leave my my scrawled bit of paper in the ring. Oh, and you're just gonna take it back over. You're gonna quietly and calmly take the acro of the week back over if it blows this week. Our yeah. listeners deserve it, right? No. Yeah. Okay. Fine. If it loses this week. But no, actually, to be fair to you, though, if it loses on the Seahawks pick, then no, because I think that's fair. I think that would be a harsh one to lose it on. I think that's a good pick. But the, the if it loses on the Titans one, then you have to just walk away. Yeah, like that. Or either of the big spreads. If it loses on either of those two, then you yeah. just have to say that this game isn't for you. Yeah, fine. Fair. 
<laughs> I have full faith now. All I've done is be positive for this whole show about the Nat Coombs comeback. I'm here. I'm just providing positive like energy. It's like going that. to be a good week for you now. I can feel it. There's just, I, there's just something in the air. It's time for you to come back and it's time for you to give that wry smile that I'm so used to before <laughs> the past three weeks when we're doing the Red Zone show on a Sunday, whenever your pick starts to do well and you just give me that really, really smug look through the glass. <laughs> and I'm like, here we go again. And you're uh, just like, oh yeah, well, obviously that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah well, I, I saw it and obviously so, it was going to happen. Started so strongly. I will, you know what though? I'm playing the long game proper. I will be vindicated even if, even if I end up going... What would I be? Five and 12 on my Drew Locks of the week. I'm going to say it here first. If either the Patriots or the Chiefs go on to win the Super Bowl, it, I vindicated on everything. <laughs> That's a serious heavy lifting. I, I respect the fact that you will always, like, do you listen back to shows? to find the takes that you got right so that you can just note them down? <laughs> oh, I'd like to, I'd like to go, I'd like to I'd go on better there. So I was having breakfast with a mate the other day who uh, listens to the show. Shout out Gavin, listens to the show, a uh, Dallas Cowboys fan. And we were talking about Amari uh, Cooper. Now you will remember very well. Oh Propo, my goodness. Amari Cooper trade. Just go back, listeners, look at how many hot takes from shouting heads told you that's the worst deal in the history. If that's one of the worst trades, everybody was laying in, but no, not this one little voice over here. I was <laughs> celebrating, celebrating the potential upside of that deal. And let's just all take a breath and have a think about a former pro bowler that's been on a bad team that is absolutely the kind of player that this offense needs. This could w- turn out to be a great... Are you re-explaining your take about Amari <laughs> Cooper even that's already been proven? Why are you, you re-explaining? It's... <laughs> It's in my head. Three prop bets, three uh, Drew Locks of the Week losses. All and accurate. It's too much. Too much pressure. The entry. Yeah, you're just. Uh, it's just like to me. You're going to start telling me about a Drew Lock of the Week that you made, sort of like Week Nine last year, and you're just going to explain why <laughs> yeah. why it came off and why it was such a good pick and why you went into it. And it- <laughs> That's a good idea for a show segment. Just a, from the vault, Drew Locks of the Week. We can just pull out bets that we got right from two years ago. Yeah, exactly. Probably right. be funny if we do bets that we got wrong. I mean, we didn't even... That do you remember? We actually didn't even continue the Drew Locks of the Week last year because we called it Drew Locks of the Week because I was betting against Drew Lock against yes. Dolphins, and then he absolutely smashed the Dolphins, and I was like, yes. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> That's true. That's why it's Drew Lock of the Week. Uh, all right, we shall see. It is in the stars that things could could come back. So fingers crossed. Propo, good luck with your prop bets as well. And Thank you know, very much. I'm I need gentleman. to bounce back from those. That's going on the radar. Bounce. I need to bounce back. You need to bounce back for sure. Um, and indeed with your Drew Lock of the Week as well. And all of you out there, good luck too. Uh, if you are going to get involved, just be careful. Be sensitive. Everything in moderation is the same, guys. Enjoy Enjoy the football. Uh, check back the vault for some great episodes this week. Shane Verino and Mike, Ben, uh, all bringing their A game. We're back next week of course with more of the same including i am mike uh with our review show uh so check us out tuesday morning that should drop so make sure you lock uh in for that one by subscribing wherever you listen to us cheers proper look after yourself can't wait for next week already Podcast Network.